0: Blog Talk Radio. Good morning everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zelmer, founder of Faces of TBI and your host. Today I will be chatting with Miss Thousand Islands 2018 Joelle Leake who will share her concussion journey. This episode is brought to you by Midwest Functional Neurology Center, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They have greatly helped me and many others, and you can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Good Men Project, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, and I recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Velmer. Today, my guest is Joelle Leek, who is a sophomore at Syracuse University. In her freshman year of high school, she was diagnosed with post-concussion syndrome after sustaining a whiplash injury during a basketball game. For the next year, her life was dictated by this injury, and it was during that time that she discovered her passion for concussion awareness. Since then, she has been working in her community to bring awareness to an injury that millions of people suffer from every year. So I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for being here, Joelle. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, we were connected by my friends at ClearEdge. Um, and I'm just so happy we finally have connected to do this podcast. Um, it's always That's such a pleasure.
1: So cool. Yeah.
0: So, Joelle, I would love to have you just start by um, sharing, you know, what happened. Um, You know, we got a glimpse of it in your bio, but um, I'd Mm -hmm. love for you to kind of jump in and just share with us what happened and caused your concussion.
1: In my freshman year of high school, I was playing in a basketball game, and I had gone up for a rebound, and Another um, player had turned around and her arms kind of caught my legs as I was in the air and I came down and fell on my back. And My, my head ne- never actually hit anything, but the whiplash was strong enough to give me um, a concussion. Um, my coach and our superintendent, um, they went through the concussion protocol and decided it was best for me to go to the hospital that night. So I went, and they couldn't diagnose me with a concussion that night. They did say that I had um, some small contusions on my back from the fall, and uh, just to keep an eye on some of the symptoms that I might experience if I do have a concussion, so that way they can later diagnose me if need be. And so I went home, um, started experiencing, you know, the headache. um, typical concussion symptoms and then I began vomiting which we were told that if that happened that could be a sign of a brain bleed so we went back to the ER and they diagnosed me with um, a concussion and then uh, another week went by and I started experiencing some more severe symptoms I started having having episodes of childlike behavior that I really couldn't control what I was saying or what I was doing so we went back to the ER again and uh, They sent me to another hospital, Golisano Children's Hospital in Syracuse, New York, where I was there for four or five days. And they finally diagnosed me with post-concussive syndrome.
0: So, you know, I think it's important to point out, you know, you said you didn't actually even hit your head. It just was that whiplash Uh motion. And I think that's a really important point because one of the biggest misunderstandings out there is that you have to hit your head. Or that you have to lose consciousness. And neither one of those two statements are true. You know, so like your case, you just have that whiplash motion. And that happens a lot in car accidents. Um, People don't actually hit their head, you know, but they have that whiplash motion. And what happens is your brain, you know, momentum and physics, (laughs) your brain moves. continues moving and makes impact with the inside of your skull and that's what can cause a, a brain injury. Um,
1: so that's, I, I that's really think the, that's such an
0: important important point.
1: Yeah that's one of the things I talk about when I give presentations to student athletes and teachers and administrators is that's one of the main points I make is that you don't have to hit your head. It's such a common misconception and um, I think it's really important for them to learn that that's not necessarily always the case. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I see that a lot, especially I meet a lot of um, people that play basketball in particular. Um, mm-hmm. that just the way you impact each other as you're trying to pass a ball or make a, make a throw. Um And you collide and and you're vulnerable Mm -hmm. with your head out. And, um, you know, I I see that type of injury often um, with athletes, especially, like I said, in basketball. You know, basketball isn't a sport that people automatically think of with concussions. You know, we think more football, soccer, hockey. Um, But basketball, you know, there's definitely a risk. And um, volleyball, surprisingly I think volleyball, if I remember right Is like the highest concussion rate In female athletes Um, And it's often so Overlooked (laughs) So So your injury was Is that four years ago now?
1: Yeah um, Four years ago this past January Yeah And so you know, did you get any sort of treatment or,
0: you know, like how, how was it handled? I'm, I'm glad to hear they at least acknowledged that you had a concussion. Um, Did they ever use the term traumatic brain injury? Did, you know, did they give you any sort of therapies or anything to help you recover?
1: So I, um, after I was released from Galasano I went back home and, They had um, set me up with a physical therapist and an occupational therapist um, and a psychiatrist at the Institute for Human Performance in Syracuse. So I was going there one or two times a week for three or four months getting treatment. Um, I was also seeing a neurologist there just to check up on things, and um, they had given me um, some medications I was on amitriptyline for a while and then we switched to nortriptyline and I was taking magnesium oxide and um, vitamin B2 to help with headaches as well Um, so a lot of therapies um, they didn't necessarily use the term TBI it was always just post concussive syndrome Um, and after doing therapies for a couple of months I started doing physical therapy on my own and just kind of keeping up with things, um, as I integrated back into school and whatnot. So I'm curious in
0: your advocacy and your, all the awareness that you're doing, um, you know, how, I know I'm really passionate about making sure that people know a concussion is a brain injury. A concussion is Mm -hmm. a TBI. Um, you know, I'm curious, like, if that's something that you're educating people with as well. I, I feel like the medical community, I don't know if it's like concussion makes it sound less serious. Like, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. why the medical community keeps using the word. Like, I kind of wish the word would just go away because, right. if, if we, you know, if we said, oh, it's just a concussion, you know, if you said, oh, it's just a brain injury, <laughs> like that sounds ridiculous. Right. so I'm curious if that's
1: part of your messaging as well for sure um so many kids especially because I speak a lot to students and student athletes um so many of them brush it off and for the longest time because you can't see a concussion like you can a broken leg it's often just kind of swept under the rug and blown off and um so that's one of the things I really tried to um, speak on is how dangerous they can be and how important they are and that we're not just brushing them off and just saying, oh, you know, you got your bell rung. It's it's more important than that. And um, it is the word concussion definitely seems to downplay how serious the injury is. Um, mm-hmm. So I do try to use the word brain injury as often as I can.
0: I I've spoken to a lot of former professional athletes and mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Like, I just don't know if they're just uneducated or what, you know, it's like, they'll say things to me like, Oh, I never, I never had a concussion in all my years playing football. You know, I definitely got my bell rung or I saw stars, but I never had a concussion and I'm just like, dude, that is mm-hmm. a concussion right (laughs) you know it's just its so fascinating to me um how athletes don't make that connection and you know is it is it intentional like they don't want to know they have a concussion or is it really simply um naivety they just haven't been educated you know um I find that a really interesting phenomenon
1: I think it's a little of both um I've known quite a few um, athletes who just simply didn't know that they had a concussion, didn't know that the symptoms they were experiencing were because of a brain injury. Um, and then some, there was a teacher at the the high school I graduated from who used to play, I don't know if it was semi-pro or pro hockey, um, but whatever it was, he was telling me stories about him and his teammates. They would um, purposefully, when they did their baseline testing at the beginning of the season, they would purposefully... Yes rig the test so they performed (laughs) poorly so that way when they had a concussion or the um the team doctor thought they might had a might have a concussion when they did the baseline test afterwards it didn't look like they did um and that's just purely not wanting to have a brain injury and not having to stop playing you know what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. i think it's a little close
0: I actually have met a young woman. Um, I think she was volleyball. She was either volleyball or basketball, um, but she did exactly what you're saying. The whole team, they kind of like faked mm-hmm. their way through that baseline testing. Um, it was the impact test, which is just computerized, right? There's no yeah. like physical component to it. And right. she suffered a pretty significant concussion and she wasn't getting the help she needed. Cause she had faked this, this, initial um, baseline test and she was struggling really hard and she's like,
1: that's she so actually dangerous. talks
0: about it and how that's like her biggest regret that she faked this test. Cause she doesn't have a true baseline. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you're, you're a high school kid. I get it. You're just thinking, Oh, I just want to make sure I keep playing. And you know, you don't think of the actual mm-hmm. consequences. When
1: you're a, a high school athlete or even an athlete um, at any level, um, it's. it seems like in that moment that the sport is the most important thing. Um, and you're not always looking towards the future and what problems could be caused from not treating your concussion properly. I remember the night of my injury, um, I was sitting on the sidelines and they were doing the concussion protocol and going through all the things that the checklist and whatnot. And Um, it was my my high school basketball team we were very bad we didn't win games often and (laughs) we were tied in the third quarter and I wanted nothing more than to win the game and I could feel that there was something wrong I couldn't keep my eyes open like they just kept wanting to roll to the back of my head like I knew something was wrong but in that moment like I wasn't very educated on concussions anyway so I didn't know how severe the injury could be or the problems it could cause later on and just in that moment, the most important thing to me was winning the game, and so I understand um, when you hear stories like the the volleyball player you were talking about. I understand where they're coming from, but it's and that's one of the reasons I do what I do is because people need to understand the consequences um, they could experience if they don't treat their their injury properly.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to have other athletes sharing. You know, their story, like in her case, mm-hmm. she firsthand, um, you know, attempted to cheat the system and then regretted it, you know, and, and in your mm-hmm. case, you know, you have this whiplash injury playing game. And, um, you know, I think that it's just it's such an important, um, you know, I've spoken to groups that have had high school student athletes and, you know, they, they do, they respond, they come up and ask me a lot of questions. Um, But, you know, I Mm -hmm. physically hit my head, you know, I landed on my head. I was unconscious for several minutes. Um, I think it's very important for them to hear from other athletes who have experienced, you know, situations where they didn't have loss of consciousness or they didn't hit their head Um, just to really show how these Things can happen, and they happen so quickly. It happens in the blink of an eye, and sometimes you don't even realize yep. it's happened to you until like later in the day or the next couple days. Um, right. So just understanding what to look for afterwards. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, a lot jo- of what
1: I talk about. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Just, I was just going to say that a lot um, in my presentation. A lot of what I'm talking about is signs and symptoms to be looking for because I know everyone associates a headache and memory loss with a, with a concussion or brain injury. Um, But they don't always associate um, some of the more cognitive um, or emotional symptoms that you could be Mm -hmm. experiencing too. So um, it's just important that they know what to look out for just in case. Yeah, exactly. And, and,
0: you know, I'm speaking to the parents a lot of times and, you know, I tell them, you know, your child best. If your son or daughter isn't acting like themselves after an injury or a, or a, um, um, they think they maybe had an injury, um, you know you know your kid best, and you need to keep them out right. because if they're not back to themselves, they should not be back in the game. Um, and it, that resonates with parents a lot. I had one mom come up to me; her son they they were um, going to state for football and he was mm-hmm. the varsity captain and he had a pretty significant concussion. The coach really wanted him back in and the mom was like, no, he is not right. himself. Like he's walking around in his days. He walks into things. His balance is off. There's no way I'm letting him go back in. And the son thought he was fine because you can probably, right. I don't know if you can relate, but like you reach this point where you do, you think you're fine, but you're not it's your brain injury not allowing you to make
1: the reasoning, right?
0: Right. Your symptoms
1: become normal-ish. They feel normal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I mean, I know for me, mine, I never went through that. Like I, I knew I wasn't okay. (laughs) Um, But Mm -hmm. I see it all the time. People think they're totally fine. And like, they still have a limp, right? Like they have like a very Mm -hmm. like, noticeable impairment but they truly believe they're fine and that's you know frontal lobe damage so I find it really fascinating some of the psychology behind all of the injuries yeah. so Joelle you went on to become Miss Thousand Islands in 2018 um, yeah. which is part of the Miss America program correct yes yeah. Yeah, so share with us a little bit about that. I I just think that that's such an incredible platform um, to be able to share your message on.
1: I actually started in the Miss Miracle organization when I was 10 years old. They have a mentor program called the Star Princess Program where mm. young girls can get involved in the organization and just kind of see the ins and outs and what the organization is all about and spark their interest at a young age. So I did that from ages 10 until I was 12 Um, and then as soon as I turned 13 I started competing in the Outstanding Team Program which is the Miss America organization it's just the younger group of ladies and then as soon as I was um, old enough and eligible to compete in the Miss division I competed for Miss Thousand Islands Um, and I won fortunately enough Um, and I was able to use my title and my platform um, to speak about um, brain injury awareness and go around to different schools in the community. Um, I worked with our friends at ClearEdge and just I had a lot of opportunities open open up because of that that platform I then had after winning. Um, It was just a really neat opportunity. I had a year full of community service, not just with the concussion awareness, although that was a big part of it. Um, I was just able to work in our communities and then uh, like we had talked about, I went um, in June and competed in Buffalo, New York for the title of Miss New York um, and then finished out my year after that. So, It was a really great opportunity. Yeah,
0: you know, and such a a great platform to be able to share your message um, for concussion Mm -hmm. awareness and um, America organization?
1: I'm sorry, it cut out. What was that? Oh,
0: are you still involved with the Miss America organization? Are you still doing projects with them? Or um, I'm not sure how that works.
1: (laughs) Uh, I gave up my title last August, um, and then I went off to college. So I haven't been involved um, in the last couple of months. Um, but I'm hoping to start competing again this August, so we'll see. Awesome, good for you. That's
0: really that's really cool. I I know I had um, Allie Wallace was on my podcast several years ago. Um, she was Miss Oregon competing for Miss America, and TBI was her platform. Um, I think she ended up coming in like. Third or fourth in that competition. But I was cheering her on. I'm like, she's representing the Yeah,
1: TBI. <laughs> yeah um, it's not very you know, often. Yeah. You hear of other title holders that have this platform. So, whatever I do, I get very excited.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I had mentioned Brooke Mills. She's um, currently competing for Miss New Hampshire, and she yes. uh, created national concussion awareness day so you know and um i've been out to washington dc with her and her mom the past two years and you know she brings her crown and her sash and her mom's just like it's amazing what a crown and a sash will get you it'll get you indoors and in meetings that you wouldn't normally get into (laughs) it's the power of the crown
1: (laughs) it's a real thing it really is um as soon as you as soon as you mention anything about being a title holder um interest is sparked and and people want you speaking at things and like you said in meetings it's just it creates a lot of really neat opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise have mhm
0: yeah yeah and you know it's you know to be in the miss america realm you know you have to be articulate and you have to be poised mm-hmm. and you know, what a better opportunity to be able, Oh, excuse me. I have a hiccup. What a better opportunity to be able to spread awareness. I just, I think it's so awesome. Um, Such a great platform to be able to use. Um, And it's a great organization in general too, you know, with um, the other community service that you guys do and the scholarships. Um, scholarships Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that is fantastic. So, Joelle, what, you know, what is your biggest message to people listening today? What do you hope, um, you know, we have the whole spectrum of people listening. We have the younger audience, the older audience, we have parents, we have survivors, caregivers, medical professionals. Um, What's your biggest message? What's your
1: takeaway that you want people to get? Just to never take your brain injury lightly. Um, it's always better sa- better to be safe than sorry. Um, you don't want to have blown off a brain injury that you um, thought you may have had or you did have, and then come to find out years later that you're struggling with dementia and other um, other consequences um, from the injury. Just to not take it lightly, take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Listen to the medical professionals. Listen to your body, um, and and just be be aware um, and take care of yourself. It's, you know, you'd rather sit this season out or sit um, school out for a couple of months and not be involved in the things or not be able to do the things that you normally do for a couple of months and get treated and get better and be back on the right track than to, to not take care of yourself and then be struggling way worse um, for years down the road.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so what is your major? What are you majoring in at
1: Syracuse? Um, so right now I'm a Communications and Rhetorical Studies major. Uh, oh, um, I actually cool. Yeah, I was I was at the University of Alabama last semester. Um, I transferred to Syracuse University this semester, and unfortunately, I'm still struggling with migraines, um, daily migraines and stuff like that. So I had to take this semester off for Syracuse, but I'll be starting back again in the fall, which is very exciting.
0: Oh, good for you. Yeah. You know, and that's the reality. Those, those headaches can just be debilitating. And yeah. if you've never experienced headaches, it's so hard to really express how debilitating they can be. I know mine are much further in Fewer, um, fewer, fewer and further between. Um, -hmm. and so they're a lot more tolerable now, but man, when I get one, it's just, I can't do anything but crawl into bed. So I really sympathize with you that you're still dealing with those. Um, and yeah, I wish you so much success going back this fall. That's really exciting. Thank
1: you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
0: And good luck. If you, um, You said you're going to do another competition, so good luck with that as well. I hope to see you on the stage soon. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Joelle. This has been a fabulous conversation, and thank you for all that you're doing to just help spread awareness um, and getting in front of those athletes. I just think it's incredible work that you're doing, so thank you so much.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. It really means a lot. Um, and thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm glad that we finally connected. And um, I know we had communicated like maybe a year ago. And, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, that I my struggle is I read an email and I think I respond to it <laughs> and, and then I forget about it. And that's still a huge challenge for me though. I'm very thankful that you followed back up. So (laughs) that's a little hint to anyone out there listening. I often forget (laughs) that I didn't respond. (laughs) All right. Well, awesome. Thank you, Joelle. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone listening. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And just a reminder that you can catch all previous podcasts at facesoftbi.com. And another reminder, just to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Amy Velmer. And another big thank you to our sponsor, Midwest Functional Neurology Center. You can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. And I will see you all again next time. Have a great day, everyone.